for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station with 24 hours of commercial free programming. Uh, hi, this is Louis Black, and you're listening to The Green Room with Sean Green. That's why it's called Green Room, you idiots. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room. You can tweet the show live at Green Room Show. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in. We have an amazing show in store for you tonight. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program, 323-203-0815. And that is the LegalZoom self-help hotline. LegalZoom, you can go to LegalZoom.com. Trademarks, wills, patents, all at a very discounted price because they're not a law firm. They're a, um, they're a self-help service that... Basically, you can go on, get your legal documents, they'll be binding, and you can also get the green room discount by entering green in the checkout box. Now, this is normally when I uh, introduce my left-hand man, Logan Lysakow, who is not here tonight. Instead, Ooh. he is on sabbatical. Instead, we got, we got uh, I don't know, I don't know what Logan's up to, but he's on sabbatical. Instead, we got John Huck filling in. John, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. How you doing today? I see you got the vitamin water there. Uh, you got a yeah, vitamin water, actual water, and a diet coke. You're just you're just ready to be hydrated. What's going on? You coming off a hangover? No, I don't. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just you said thir- you had I'm a just you, thirsty. I <laughs> you got you literally have about 60 ounces of liquids in front of you. Yeah, and I probably won't pee till I get home at like midnight tonight. <laughs> you got it all. You got it all stored up. How uh, how you been, man? Haven't had you on in a little bit. What's uh, what's been new in the world of John Huck? Uh, not too much. Um, it's everything I'm doing is just waiting. I got a new CD on iTunes. I don't know if that was out last time I was here. Okay. Yeah. What's the, what's the name of it? It's called Fantasticular Hilaritation. Okay. And uh, you can buy it at iTunes or Amazon.com actually. Check that out. Yeah. Now Fantasticular that uh combines the words fantastic and testicular. And that is in reference to you beating testicular cancer. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. You got some uh, bits on that in there? Yeah, I talk a little bit about it. Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of a brief. It's not the whole thing, but it's uh it's in right. there. Yeah. Say so, you know you 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 got to talk about your life, man. Right. It's well, part you don't of, want to talk about can- and you don't want to talk about cancer for too long. Cause right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I have I have skin anymore. cancer, and and so I'll make some jokes about it, just because. Or I mean, I had skin. I was cancer. gonna say you have skin cancer now. <laughs> yeah, no. What yeah, currently you... I have skin cancer. I'm uh, I'm battling it. This is a memorial show already. <laughs> what, when when did you get skin cancer? I um I don't know if I've told this on the radio, but I I Are got. You, oh, you don't want to talk about it? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I, I hope I'm not repeating myself for the diehard green machines. But <laughs> well, I've never heard it, and I want to okay. know. So so I was um this was 18 years old. We had just graduated high school. Me and my buddies decided to go take a trip down to Cancun. You're like, yes. I mean, you're 18 years old down in Cancun. It really was an awesome time. Sure. Like I had, I, I would just get drunk because you're, you're 18 years old and you can go to bars and all these, all these places, they were all the same deal. It was $20. All you can drink once you get in. And at age 18, that doesn't sound like a deal as much more of a challenge. Like, I am going to – I'm going to – all you can drink? Yeah, well, I'd like to see them (laughs) when I roll up there. And then, meanwhile, that's the mindset of everyone down at Cancun at that time. So it was just – it's a complete mess. Or, you know, I'm sitting there at the the poolside bar soaking up rays, literally. I got there the first day. I I bathed myself in sunscreen because as a fair-skinned Irishman, I I was normally like worried about getting sunburned to begin with. Sure. Get there, I'm out there for an hour and a half, and I can smell smell something cooking. Like I, I could smell my body burning. Like that's how I the first like, two hours I was there without my shirt on, horrific horrific sunburn. And so for the rest of the uh, the rest of the trip, I was the guy who had the t-shirt on at the pool. <laughs> which, uh, it's bad enough like in the ocean, but when you're trying to play it cool at like a pool at like a swim up, you're you're in a swim up bar. There's like chicks in bikinis. I got this you know white. T 
t-shirt from my uncle's hardware store that's like drenched and it's like some really sad wet t-shirt contest and I'm just trying to but trying I bet to talk the wet to these t-shirt was cool on your body. Oh yeah, it felt good. Yeah. It felt great. Yeah. So, okay, so I got this bad sunburn, don't think much of it. 9 months later, um at the doctor's office, I'm uh, I'm getting I, I have some sort of a chest congestion. They're doing the stethoscope on my back and the nurse goes, "Hey, have you uh, ever got this mole looked at?" I'm like, "What mole are you talking about? It was on my back. I had no idea." And it was this really dark, really small mole. And I was like, ah, it's just a nurse. What does she know? And she's, she's oh like, yeah, what does she what does know? she know? This medical I'm professional. Sean Green, I'm 19 years yeah, exactly. old. Exactly. I'm I'm. I think I know what's Moles. going on. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, skin cancer. That urban legend. So finally, I get it looked at. They uh, they run the biopsy on it. Turns out it's malignant melanoma. Luckily, it was stage zero. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But they did take a uh, a chunk out of my back because they. Basically, what they did is they they cut around yeah, uh, where the mole bi- was. For the biopsy, they took a chunk out too, right? Yeah. yeah, and then once they realized it was cancerous, they took out a lot more just so that in case they missed it or in case it had spread a little bit to totally knock it out. Sure. And it was it, basically that that entire summer I walked around with a shot glass size hole in my back. Oh. It looked it looked almost like someone had sh- yeah like I've got a shotgun shell stuck in my <laughs> back. <laughs> And it never really fully healed because it's right on my shoulder blade there. So the it, movement. Yeah, so anytime I would move, and it was it was it was a weird summer too, because you would have to wash it out and then repack uh, it with gauze. Oh, sick! I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Or I'd, I'd take a shower and I could I could put my finger and uh, feel my shoulder uh, muscle. <laughs> uh, so it was a uh, it was a long summer, but I I beat skin cancer. They and call now, it the summer of now how about your uh, how about your testicular cancer? Yeah, I beat that too, but I didn't have a shotgun shot. No, uh, no giant hole in your uh, no giant hole in your sack floating around. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. They just took one of my. There you go. Yeah. Now so. you didn't uh, you didn't end up going with a prosthetic ball, right? No, they didn't make them at the time. This was a long time ago, and they uh, they were only making them for dogs. They were called they were called nudicles and they hadn't perfected them for humans. It was like the last question I asked before I went under for surgery. Wait, before you gas me. Yeah, they're like, any you got any other questions? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I get a fake one? And the guy's like, ooh, actually we can't because they're only making them for dogs right now. We don't know. They haven't been tested for humans. And I was like, I was like yeah, that's okay. Wait, they're making them for dogs. That's, I mean, I guess the dogs are the test subjects, but that is that is hilarious. Just thinking you're done. Oh, is your, I thought your dog was neutered. Oh, he oh, actually is. That's he just is, for. But I got him some fake balls. It's kind of a vanity issue with the dogs. He was tired of the other dogs making fun of him Everyone at the dog was park. mocking him. Good times. Speaking of good times, I want to thank Jeff McKinnon for getting that station ID by Lewis Black. I guess he uh, got to talk to Lewis Black when he was out at Bonnaroo with the uh, Green Room Press Pass. He's going to be, we're going to have him back in uh, later on in the summer. He's doing some traveling, but he was he was out there at Bonnaroo checking it out, hanging out, getting some interviews. You uh, much of a festival guy, John? Um, I think it depends on the festival. I think it depends on what's going on. Uh, when I was younger, yes. Yeah. Um, I can see you spend some time. You ever go to Burning Man? No, you ever find yourself out in Burning Man, sitting around was, a drum circle? No, by the time I found out what Burning Man was, I was old enough to never want to go there. <laughs> it's too much. <clears throat> yeah, it's too much. I've gone to a couple festivals. I've gone to Reggae on the River in Northern California. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, like it was fun. It's and music, and you don't have to wear shoes, and everyone gets high. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's pretty much the gist of it, a three-day reggae festival with... All these white kids from uh, Northern California and all over. Good times. But, yeah, at a certain point, on the third day, you're just like, hot. You yeah. haven't gotten a shower. Three days is too much. I'm uh, I'm too old for that stuff now. I feel like, okay, one night for a concert, I'll drink during the day, I'll go there, I'll have a great time, and then we'll call it in the evening. That's yeah. it. And one night, one night, yeah, I can pass out. I can get drunk enough to fall asleep on the ground anywhere. You know what I mean? But the next day, I'm going to want to go home and take a shower and go to bed and, like, have a normal life. Yeah, have a breakfast, have a cup of coffee, yeah. feel awake. Yeah, I think it, and it also depends on how you're traveling, if, what kind of car you have, where you're sleeping. Like, if you have a tent, if you have, like, good equipment, if you know what I mean? It just depends. Right, and, and just when you're out in the festival, you get overwhelmed with just... It's too many humans. Like there's just too yeah, many people. Yeah, it, there's trash everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The porta potties <laughs> are festivals. disgusting. <laughs> Everything is gross. And yeah, after like ten minutes, you're like get me out of here. 
Good times. All right. So did you see uh, – we were just talking about this before we went on the air, but noted gangster Whitey Bulger was apprehended. Now, if you don't know Whitey Bulger, he was a uh, – You don't know crime. Exactly. He was a uh, he was a notorious crime figure, a just a you know pretty much a badass badass boss. gangster, he yeah, badass boss. crime boss. He was there in uh, he ran South Boston for many years, disappeared for 16 years, totally off the grid. They made the departed <laughs> about say, him. The departed is about him basically. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the people that departed are like, oh man, why couldn't he have gotten caught when we were putting out the movie? That would have added to the mystique. Oh, that would have. Yeah. <laughs> but we're talking. He's he was hanging out in Santa Monica, just living near the beach. He got caught. He had eight hundred thousand dollars in cash, thirty firearms, fake IDs. He had like shotguns, rifles, knives. And yeah. if you why if you got the shotguns, the rifles, the pistols, why do you also need the knives? I don't know. If you want to live by the beach, why are you doing it in Santa Monica? <laughs> you should be doing it in a country that doesn't have an extradition law. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. Exactly. Santa Monica. And if you've been out to Los Angeles at all, there are plenty of people from Boston, especially there's in too Santa many. Monica. There's too many. There's yeah. There's there's multiple Boston is bars he, he in Santa at, Monica. Was he drinking at Sunny McLean's every <laughs> yeah. day? Like I'll tell yeah, you about going, Boston. Like all right. Yeah. Who's he was, the crazy old guy yapping about the Red Sox at the end of the bar? <laughs> yeah. It, it's just why push your luck? Oh, there's so many places. There's so many places. We're still trying to find people from that were involved in World War II. They're still trying to track down Nazis. But oh, you got to be a tough guy. You got to, uh, you know, you got to really temper. Yeah, he, you got to really he, tempt fate. He's basically just mocking everybody. He should. I mean, that's not a very good game of hiding. Like he, he, he could have done better than that. No, yes, he could have done. And but I guess after well, you I mean, get Santa away Monica's from Monica's not that awesome anyway. Like <laughs> not that Boston would be, you know, hiding there would be any better, but. Santa Monica's nice, but there's why not go to a remote beach? Why not go so down to there's nobody? Like go there's... to Baja, go down to Mexico. Yeah, uh, go to. But Brazil, who am I to go. who am I to tell Whitey Ford how to live his life? Go I don't want him to. Uh, yeah, go to Costa Rica. There's yeah. plenty of places to go. If he's listening right now, he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> he's gonna be kicked himself. They said he seemed very polite, and yeah, I yeah, know about these warrants. He didn't put up a fight or anything. He's like, yeah, of course you guys are here for me. Well, he's an 81-year-old man. At some point, you're just like, ah, oh, this is my retirement plan, to live out life in a... Uh... Hopefully he spent his last dime, and then they arrest him <laughs> the next day. He's like, great, I'll live in prison for another five years and then drop dead. Good times. Good times. Oh, man, this has uh, been all over the news. Of course, you heard about uh, Ryan Dunn, the jackass star. Jackass... First off, I, I thought it was kind of fun. I mean, they called him an actor a lot, which I don't know. How else do you describe the guy's career who was in Jackass? wasn't a traditional actor, but he... He's got two movies coming out. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I guess he was doing a little more... He was uh, up for a sitcom, too. Okay. He was doing a little more traditional acting. What was your take on the whole thing, John? Um, I just worked with him on... Oh, you uh, did? Yeah, on a show called Proving Ground for G4. Okay. And uh, Yeah, he, he was the host of that. Yeah, he was genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever worked with. He made everyone kind of feel like they were his best friend, and it's a terrible thing. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Well, that's a uh, – yeah, it is a bummer. Now, what did you – now, Roger Ebert, he was getting a lot of criticism for tweeting something about uh, friends don't let friends drive drunk or friends don't let <laughs> friends uh, drive, you know, in some sort of, uh, you know, flipping comment. Then he later said – Oh, hey, I guess that was too soon, but I stand by my comments, which, yeah, obviously drinking and driving and driving a Porsche at 130 miles an hour, not a good thing. I don't think anyone's looking at that going, oh, man, I'm definitely going to try that at home. Yeah, I, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter how he's, it's just a tragedy that he's gone. That's the worst part about it. It doesn't matter how it happened. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, you can't, you're telling me that. Roger Ebert's never had a couple beers and driven him. <laughs> no, Roger uh, Ebert uh, is an alcoholic. He's been in AA since 1979. So you think someone who had been going to that many meetings would have some sympathy? Yeah, everyone's real quick to judge and be like, "Hey, yeah, see, that's all wrong and bad." And it's I, I'm, no one should be even. That's not the point of the of the whole thing. It's just a bummer. Yeah. It's a real no, yeah, shitty, it is. Uh, it is a uh, yeah. I mean, it is a. It's. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a bummer to lose someone that you work with or or someone that you're friends with. Now this is the this is the media. The media can be so uh, it's it's just funny at how obviously callous they can be with not even realizing it. So CNN, I guess, or I'm pretty sure this is CNN. They get to interview uh, Bam Margera. Well, first off, Bam Margera goes visits the crash site. 
he he obviously gets very emotional about it, talks to the press about it. But then they, they play the interview. But before they play the interview with Bam Margera, this is them uh, setting up the interview. Tonight, Margera went back to that crash site for the very first time. It was in a very emotional time for him. Right afterwards, he spoke only to us about his friend. <laughs> why, why do you have to include that? Like, oh, okay. Wow, now this is really important. This is exclusive. It, isn't that at some point just... Okay, I get it. You're going to air the air Bam Margera's comments about his his friend. That's that's newsworthy. That's news. That's covering the story. But doesn't it seem a little bizarre? He only talked to us about his dead friend. We're the we're the number one leader in this gossip. Like no, it's a guy grieving about his friend. I think the news, uh, you know, sensationalizes just about everything they talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's like up next, this kitten's gonna play with a ball of fur. You're like. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like, that's not uh, a lot of stuff they do and say is not even newsworthy. Right. Not that that's no, not in that particular case, but they just sensationalize everything for their obviously for ratings. It's yeah. All, it's all money. It's all money, man. We're seeing through. We're seeing through it. It's all about money, man. Just getting that, getting those ratings, getting those dollars. Tracy Morgan, he um, you recently said some homophobic comments on stage. Did you hear about? Uh, yeah. You, I, I imagine you're familiar with the with the statements that Tracy Morgan said. Here's the thing. Obviously, what he said is controversial or inappropriate, but it is. I, I think we have to give these things context. Like, yeah, he said he was gonna stab his son if his son was gay and use some gay slurs and stuff like that. But it's weird that people don't get outraged just at the thought that he's stabbing his son. Like, if you're gonna get outraged, he's murdering his son. It doesn't matter what you the reason. You can murder him, but you can't <laughs> murder him because he's gay. I'm gonna murder my son because he doesn't know how to throw a football. Would there be a protest for that? There should still be if we're gonna be outraged on the same level. Oh wait, your son was born in a fashion where he doesn't know how to play football or or whatever. Like he was born a non-athletic son. Oh, is that a legit reason to murder your son? Let's go over why why not you can stab your son. And obviously he's kidding around. He, he doesn't seem like a guy who's gonna stab anyone. Well, I don't think it was about the stabbing though. That's what no, no one thinks he's a guy that would stab anyone. Right. But now people think he's a guy that hates gay people. Yeah. Be- because he basically came out and said that he would hate <laughs> his own son yeah. if he were gay. So uh, yeah. He also just kind of talks off the top of his head. Yeah. I mean, he if you've really ever write out a set list and his stand-up is not anything to. <laughs> Revel in. It's not right. I'd be more outraged at the lack of a real punchline there, it's, or like a as a real... comic, it's your your outrage should be in the fact that his he's had absolutely no structure. It's not funny. It's just like and he just walks around and says crazy stuff. If you've seen his stand-up, he's walking around. It's his character on thirty thirty. Right. Rock, yeah. He says things like I'll stab my kid if he's gay. <laughs> exactly. He also in in the last time I saw him do stand-up, he was walking around going, "I'm the king of the jungle. I walk around naked. As soon as my Son, his dick gets bigger than mine. I say you're out the house. I'm king of this jungle. Like, no, why wouldn't anyone take that seriously? The guy is. <laughs> yeah, he's he's anti big dicks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he hates people with big wieners. And now Glad feels like they they have to put the pressure on him to say an apology. And the forced apology to me always comes. Is that on. you that said that you were glad that Glad is bullying? <laughs> yeah, Tracy exactly. Morgan? Does anyone else find it ironic that Glad is <laughs> yeah. bullying Tracy? They're Morgan like, you can't you can't bully people. Now make sure you <laughs> say an apology and and be very set. This is Tracy Morgan giving a personal apology. And I don't know if he really helps himself out that much. Well, probably not. I apologize to Kevin, <laughs> the people that were at the show, Kevin. for bumming him out. I think Kevin was the guy who complained. He just apologized for bumming them out. <laughs> exactly. Which, if anyone gets really offended easily, why are you going to see Tracy Morgan? Apologize to my friends and my family and my fans <laughs> and everyone in every community who are offended with this. I didn't know. I didn't mean it. And um, <laughs> I didn't. Know. That's how I feel about it. I don't have a hateful bone in my body. I don't believe that anyone should be. Bullied, or <laughs> it's just funny while you say no one should be bullied. There's the guy from Glad sitting right like next to him. It's like you say sorry right now. <laughs> with his arms crossed, just looking, staring down Tracy Morgan. Just made to feel bad about who they are. I totally feel that in my heart. I really don't care who you love, same <laughs> sex or not, as long as you have the ability to love. 
At this point in my life, it's an opportunity to make a difference. And I don't really see gay or straight. I just see human beings now. I pride myself on 20. I love how quickly he learned. What, Learn to just see human beings. What, what I love is that this guy won't structure an act, and he didn't even write out a, an apology. He's <laughs> no, like, I'm going to wing it. Like, he's ripping the apology, too. I don't want to put too much work into really anything that I do. <laughs> so I'm just going to randomly say things like, now I just see people. That's awesome, dude. He is 18 years of stand-up of using it to heal people. <laughs> Not He's a doctor. What what has been healed by 18 years of Tracy Morgan stand-up comedy? I get it, Tracy Morgan. You're trying to make people laugh. That's fine. But don't get you're too ambitious and say you're healing. No one was like, dude, I was going to kill myself. And then I saw Tracy Morgan, and now I... Learn to laugh again. I saw that bit about him walking around stage going, I'm trying to get my dick sucked. And it made me feel alive again. <laughs> you know, my parents' marriage was on the rocks until one night at the Bray Improv. They went out, and they saw Tracy Morgan say some wild and crazy crazy stuff about race and sexuality and it made them learn that life is worth living thanks tracy <laughs> and i hurt people with this so <laughs> it's like you could just hear him trying to his, think his brain of... is like now what it's like a, i heard people with, i'm sorry to pay microphone stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like lo- he's like looking at stuff in the room yeah. to try to bring into the conversation. Hard, I apologize to everybody who I offended with my words on stage, but not what I said off stage. Anywhere else, I, I just apologize to you, and <laughs> I want to take this opportunity. I mean, to air is human, but to forgive is divine. These young people <laughs> here gave me. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Who, Thank so you, Kevin was the guy that was like, I am super offended by all this. I think so. Yeah, I think uh, oh, I think he was really. They should fight to the death. <laughs> and then whoever wins, that person is their prize is being killed. Also. Yeah, exactly. What? I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm lost. I, I get it. I get it. It's a hateful word. All right, I get it. He was. But I, 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 I think it's more about. Uh, it wasn't even about the word. Like. Comics can use the can use any kind of gay slur as long as they as long as it's followed up by something that's either intelligent or very funny to everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but he was, I, I it, it, was it was what he was saying was the context of how he was saying it was like you know I don't like any gay people and if my kid was ever gay I would stab him. Well, like, what what happens here that's is they keep going. There was no. In his lack of uh, sitting down and wanting to write a joke, it comes off very. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think he it, ever it sat doesn't. Down there's to no, write a joke. there's no, there's no premise there. Like, Mm-mm. oh, if my son was gay, blah 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 blah, and then this, and then this is me trying to be like, hey, don't be gay. But there's no, there's no real craft to just. If my son was gay, I would stab him. Obviously, he probably did it a little more. Yo, if my son was gay, I yeah. would stab that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he called him a faggot. He, he, he probably, he probably him, threw yeah. in a little bit of an act out, but it's weird because. If there is no joke there, this is the same reason Don Imus got in trouble for his nappy-headed hoe comment. It's not like people have said people have said much, much worse and gotten in much more trouble. But if if there's no real a joke attached to it, or people don't get where to laugh at that part, like where do you get to yeah. laugh at? I would stab my son if he's gay. But, I'm not offended by that, but where's the punchline? Where's, where's the, the funny? where's the, where's the little twist? Yeah. <laughs> there's there is Give me none. Something. <laughs> but you know what they brought up? I was reading an article about it, and they brought up. Uh, on SNL, when Tracy Morgan was on SNL, he do, he was in a, a mock ad or whatever you want to call it for a pill called Homocil, <laughs> and it was what parents would take to, so they would feel better about their kids being gay. <laughs> and his kid comes, his little son comes with a, a sheet of cookies that he just made, and he's like, takes Homocil and washes it down with a Budweiser. <laughs> And at the end, it's like, homicil, because it's your problem, not theirs. <laughs> it's a really funny ad, but, um, yeah, they kept bringing that up. Like, at that, somehow, it was like he wrote that. Like, like Tracy Morgan had anything to do. Like, somebody else wrote it. They're yeah. like, we need another guy. No, Tracy Morgan sketch. wasn't writing a lot of the skits. Dude, no. Maybe maybe the Brian Fellows stuff where he just goes, but did he write ah, it? I'm he Brian went, Fellows. Yeah. He said, he wrote it like, I'm going to put on this outfit and then go sit out there, and that's what it, I'm going to talk to animals. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think there was a script or anything. No, like, no. Yeah, Tracy Morgan... Just give Tracy a chance. Come on, let's. He's not running for political office. He's not. Uh, he's yeah. not putting out press releases of, he's hey, not, I'm trying to murder his son. No, he's if not his son wanted to come, <laughs> exactly. He's, 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 
He's Tracy Morgan. That's why it's entertaining about him is that he has no filter and says crazy <clears throat> stuff. Yeah. You don't want a Tracy Morgan who's going to think before he talks. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he you want a si- You want a society where Tracy Morgan has – you saw what he what he sounds like when he has to think what before he, he talks. He's supposed it's not to be good. Thinking. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. I didn't Depressing. laugh at any of that. When he, la- when he talks about pussies making farting sound effects, that's funny. That's from the heart. That's him riffing. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's politically correct what? or not. That's Tracy God. Morgan. That is Tracy Morgan. Good stuff. Good stuff, Tracy Morgan. Good times. Good times for Tracy Morgan. He's he's hanging in there. Do you hear this? That I'm not Ron worried Ar- about him. He's pretty rich. Ron Artest. Uh, oh, okay. We got our guest. Uh, come on in, man. Uh, grab a seat here. Thanks for coming on the show. We got a, uh, or you can sit down on either one. <laughs> how you doing, man? All right, how are you? I'd Good. like to welcome on uh, Mike Kaplan, everyone. Welcome on to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Get a little applause going. I like that. I was, to be honest, there's only a couple of us here. I clapped for myself. Okay. It's all right. You're bringing some energy in the room. I like that. Now, you do, do you uh, know John Huck at all? We have been in the same place uh, yeah, once I or think, twice. I think we've met a couple times, man. Nice to see, see you guys, again. you're just you're listening to networking happen at right, right. <laughs> Right, uh, right in front ears. of your ears. Yeah. yeah, I want to say in front of your eyes, but uh, it's a radio show. So thanks for coming out, man. Now you're a uh, obviously a stand-up comedian. You've uh, obviously you can all tell from the right exactly. That I've voice been, it's been tell. pretty hilarious so far. <laughs> the intro riff. You were uh, you're right on top of that. So now you uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey, but then I I mostly tell people that I lived in Boston mainly. As in, I chose to live in Boston, and I didn't choose to live in New Jersey. Okay. And, and now I live in New York. Now, um, what part of what part of New Jersey? Uh, near the near New York City, like up northern Jersey. Okay. Now, what was it like growing up for you in New Jersey? How did you how did you fit in? Were you a nerdy kid? Uh, yeah, both of those things. Uh, you fit in as a nerd. Definitely, they were like, hey, we need a nerd spot here. Like they were playing <laughs> Tetris with all kinds of different social statuses. And uh, I was I went to a private school uh, my first couple years of life, and all the kids there like it didn't. We were all friends because there was only like 20 of us in a grade and then I moved after like seventh grade and then I was completely alone for five or six years pretty much and I was like I'll just sit here by my locker <laughs> uh, uh, and then and I, eventually I went to like a summer camp that also had a bunch of out, uh, outcast misfit, misfit type kids and uh, we all became we're like oh, now, how, how was summer camp I recently went on a camping trip on Catalina <laughs> Island and you walk on this hiking trail and you pass all these awesome summer camps and every one of my friends were just like yeah, you know, I, I never got to go to summer camp. Like, everyone had this, like, wound in them. Yeah, that was for the other kids. I had, like, five different conversations where, yeah, you know, money was tight for us growing up. Didn't never made it out to summer camp. What was, I know it sounds like a dumb question, but summer camp, was it as cool as non-summer uh, camp goers thought it was? It absolutely was. Listen up, poor people. Here's what <laughs> happened. Uh, I, I think I was there on scholarship, let's say. Okay. And uh, no, was, my, my summer camp was actually, it was really cool. It was, like, uh based on this sort of Montessori, you know what a Montessori school is, where, like, you basically just do whatever you want, like, there's no set schedule, and it was an arts camp, so there was, like, you know, painting and making stuff out of metal and clay and wood, and then they had some performing arts, they had glass blowing, they had, like, nice. you know... Nice, make some sweet bongs. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what they did. They were definitely all about bongs at this place for 12-year-olds, and they're like, 12-year-olds, hey, you're not smoking yet because you're not allowed legally. Exactly. And, but, yeah, once you're going to go to Amsterdam, you're going to want to bring your own bongs there, because that's the way. I remember um, in our uh, high school ceramics class obviously no one took there would be a, a handful of guys who would take ceramics really seriously and then the rest of the people would just come up with projects that would explode in the kiln like you know make just basically they would call them kiln bombs and it would just be clay projects with obvious air pockets in that would be put in there and then when it heated up and expanded it would just pop and blow everyone else's projects up on purpose to be mean exactly That's, yeah a lot of, lot of bullying going on in my high school i'm really sad that those kids didn't get to go to my camp <laughs> they would have had a field day cutting loose on oh, your uh, would have been great woodworking yeah. and metallurgy projects i assume for the woodworking ones they would have had to just go in with a bat and just like bust up the <laughs> other wood you know just, exactly but always with the same material they were very they had a lot of integrity they wouldn't go into you know the wood shop with a metal you know no. these metal it's <laughs> not gonna go in there with a hacksaw and it's yeah. just it's just against the grain there they go going. into the diamond shop they use a diamond to cut the diamond because <laughs> you have to there's like hey what happened to our diamonds <laughs> 
So you uh, you went to summer camp, good times there. Oh yeah, that's and it's basically where I learned how to be like a human being who interacts. That's where you got a lot of interaction. Yeah, I was completely introverted and shy when I was you know before I went there, and then it, over you know years of being there, I was like, oh, it's don't have to be afraid of every human being. That's nice, you know. Like in high school, I would be suspicious of people who were friendly. Like somebody would hold open a door, and I'd be like, what's gonna happen <laughs> when I try to walk through this door? Something mean, and then like they'd just be like, all right, see you later. Now how about girls? Were there a lot of uh, it's a good good place to meet up with chicks? So. Uh, yeah, that was the first place that I like made out with a chick. Like I was, uh, that was definitely and the second place. Was the, well, I mean, it's one place, so yeah, first. <laughs> it was the first place and the second place. Um, and yeah, I, that was where I learned how to make out with chicks. Not like they didn't teach us in that class or anything. Right, but exactly. You go to the make out shop, and then there were these kids who just try to blow up the make out shop. You know, exactly. They, just, they would have like bombs in their lips, and they'd be like, and it got on everybody. What does that mean? And. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was definitely like there was a whole group of kids that I hung out with for a couple of years, like where we would just all like like lay on each other and you know like you know snuggle testing and... the testing the boundaries yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I think we weren't supposed. You know, the the rule at the camp was like six inches apart, everybody. <laughs> like let room for the Holy Ghost. It wasn't there was no Holy Ghost. It was mostly right. Jews. But okay, um, yeah, they. Summer camp's a very Jewish thing. Like I, mean, I did notice that. It's I mean there's like I didn't want to I didn't want to yeah. you know. Oh no no. I didn't want to stereotype. No no it's that's, not like that's a horrible stereotype. But I don't think yeah. yeah, yeah those Jews love summer camp. Yeah. Well, oh. you could say you could get into some weird oh Jews love camps and then obviously oh, that well you, know, you don't want to yeah. walk into that bit. No no not at all nobody's doing that everybody everybody <laughs> if you're doing that at home then you're doing it wrong okay but uh, no it's like Jewish parents are like yeah get away for the summer you know hey we want some time and you go there and be better for yourself but, exactly. Uh, you know, there's also, I mean, there's Bible camps and there's like sports camps and those aren't Jewish, but, yeah. uh, there's like one, maybe, maybe one Jew at each sports camp. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know nothing about that. Sadie we, Colfax. Yeah. That's we, it. We had a very non-competitive, uh, we had a softball league and that was cool. So it was, it was nice to be able to be good at something comparative. Okay. So now you're, you're in high school. Uh, not right now, but yeah, okay. I was, yeah. <laughs> you know, as, I, as retelling your life story, you're a young looking guy, but obviously not in high school. Appreciate it. But, um, so you're in, you're in high school. I can buy beer right now. Not in high school. <laughs> You're in high school. You're you're experiencing some social good times at the summer camp. You're yep. kind of coming in your own in the summer camp. I was coming in my own at home as well. Yeah. <laughs> is now, that allowed to be? Is this, 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 yes, okay. you're allowed to Perfect. do uh, sexual intercourse. We All appreciate right. that. When do you decide, or what did you decide, uh, like going into college? What was your kind of plan? Did you, when did you first start to realize, hey, stand-up comedy is something I want to pursue? It was like a couple of years after I started doing stand-up comedy, and <laughs> I, no, actually, I started, uh, t- I wanted to be a singer-songwriter initially. Like I started, my parents were both music teachers. I learned uh, violin since I was four, hated it in high school. The knowledge that I had helped me like teach myself guitar. And then I really got into that. So I started just writing songs. Some of them were funny. Some of them weren't, some of them were supposed to be. And you know, then there was a lot you of, you remember kind of any of your early songs, like a couple choruses at all. Oh yeah. I mean the, the first big hit I had was, uh, was about kangaroos and how, uh, how some, how people ruin some, some people, I forget. It was about somebody who had ruined, like exaggerated that they had killed all the kangaroos. And I was like, you, you, you killed killed off all the kangaroos and killed all the Jews. And it was a bunch of rhymes and it didn't really make any sense. But uh, but everybody loved it uh, at the Jew summer camp. They, <laughs> they were, liked the idea of kangaroos being murdered? I guess so. They were like, they were like yeah, get those kangaroos out of here. Uh, a lot of, there were some Australian counselors. And I know like they got counselors from all over the world. Like they would, you know, get young, you know, 21-year-olds who are like, hey, come over here and we'll give you enough money to come over here. And, yeah, study, uh, kind of a study abroad or like a work abroad type ex- thing. Exactly. Like, and then I don't know where, I don't think they had camps too because... That was their winter. There was no, we didn't send any Americans over there. Yeah. Weird. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I had a couple, some songs that I wrote back then still like sort of stand up. Like I put together a little, uh, a, like a CD, like the, a year into comedy, I put out like a self-produced CD of like half songs, half <clears throat> comedy that was, should not have been on a CD. Uh, no, I think, I think um, I know, uh, I, I mean, I played some guitar growing up. I kind of uh, bailed on it at some point when I realized I couldn't memorize a full song or figure out a full song. But I do remember I did put out a um, – in high school, I put out a comedy CD, which was some, like, rap parody songs and then some of uh, me – it was, I guess, equivalent to stand-up comedy, but it was just me talking into a microphone. And then, like, play, and then I would uh, edit in laughing and clapping sound effects. <laughs> ah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a good rant about how fashion was pointless and uh, – that was that was some of the early material. I remember my one song. Uh, I but, guess you could say the hit. 
Oh, sure. I mean, you gave up that idea that fashion is pointless because you look great. Really... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you grew up. I'm wearing my uh, khaki work or uh, work pants and a uh, T-shirt from my uncle's hardware store. Literally, my look hasn't changed for like 14 years. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I mean, the, the fashion uh, rant, it was just about, oh, you know, it's so stupid. Why should I? Uh, I don't know. It was just it was just me trying to be like Dennis Leary about uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. There are a couple jokes in there. But, um, yeah, I remember uh, my first song or, or whatever, my comedy song, the uh, the hit was uh, Neckbeard because I had grown out my entire yeah. – so you're, you got a little bit of the neckbeard oh, going yeah, too. Sorry about that, guys. No, it's all right. It's a radio audience. They don't mind. And uh, I had grown know. it out um, in high school because my friends you know, bet me that I wouldn't stop shaving for a long time, grew it out, and then incorporated that into the uh, into the song. And it was, uh, you know, the hook was neck and neck and neck and neck beard. It's pretty, uh, pretty hardcore. <clears throat> I think you should bring it back. Uh, you know, I, I play, I've played some uh, clips on the show from time to time. I Take people back, back to my your neck beard is what. It was yeah, a good that, look. That's man. what I meant. That's it was I a meant. good look. It was strong. It, it, it certainly projects a certain sense of uh, grisly masculinity that you don't necessarily find out here. Oh yeah, that's what I've got, everybody. That's <laughs> yeah, you're, that's going on. you're it's oozing it. It's not just a neck beard, everybody. It's also the rest of the beard as well. That would be weird to just have the neck beard. Yeah. Well, that was kind of the original plan, but I didn't quite pull that off. Now you studied in uh, college. You studied linguistics. I, I studied. I, I got a master's in linguistics, and before that, I was studying philosophy and psychology. So now, when you started college, was your plan ultimately to do stand-up comedy, or did you have, like, hey, I'm going to be a psychologist, and then as you got into it? No, most of the stuff I chose to do, like take classes in in college, were if they weren't like requirements, they were just for fun. And I did, I did in the back of my, in my most somewhere in my head, the back or the front, depending. I would, I did want to be just uh, like a guitarist, you know, a singer-songwriter, have a band, have a, you know, just fans. For that, and I didn't start doing comedy until like a few years after college. But I started just playing music wherever I could around Boston. That's where I went to school, and they like one of the places that let me play some songs was a comedy club, uh, like where Eugene Merman started out, and okay. like uh, Brendan Small, and like when I, I remember the first show I did, like Louis C.K. was on it, and Jonathan Katz was on it, and there were, like there was just you know a bunch of like great couple no names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows who those guys are? Nah. Good riddance. And they yeah like so the, it was a really cool place that just let me play songs like maybe once a month or every couple months they would let me come in and, and then i just sort of gradually decided that i wanted to you know like oh i don't even need that like i like talking in between the songs as, exactly as much so i was like yeah, I, I think i think music is a good way or like a good crutch to kind of get you into stand up or it's, it's a little bit easier you, you don't feel as naked out on stage i would imagine it was that it was really helpful i mean like eventually when i decided that's what i was going to do you know i'd do a five minute set and i would do like four minutes of jokes and then i'd be like all right none of those worked how about this one minute song <laughs> exactly. that i know does work and then right. you know eventually you have eight minutes of jokes that don't work and you're like all right i'll do a 10 minute set of eight minutes and two minutes and then eventually Slowly build it up just doing an hour of nothing and uh <laughs> now what kind of uh what kind of um what kind of jobs did you have while you were pursuing stand-up comedy before you started earning a living at it? What kind of uh, work did you do? I was in uh, grad school and I was a, a resident assistant, so I like live. I got like you know free housing in exchange for doing this job of living there and you know policing the kids. And uh, then in the, I also worked at the cafe at the at the school bookstore, like the Barnes and Noble cafe, which was sort of like a Starbucks, but. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but we wouldn't accept Starbucks gift cards. You can't. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, you can't go. Still, to this day, it's not a Starbucks. It's the same colors. It's very confusing. We, we want to trick you into thinking that it's a Starbucks. We sell their drinks. They give us their coffee. But anyway, uh, the money goes to Barnes & Noble, and that's why we weren't supposed to have a tip cup, because we're like, well, if you get a tip cup at the cafe, then they'll have to give a tip cup to every bookseller around the store. And we're like, that's ridiculous. That's not the thing Yeah, exactly. Uh, to do at all. But yeah. I, I do hate that. What is that about society or just, oh, hey, can we do this? Oh, if we do that for you, then we have to do that for everyone. So do it for everyone. Put a, <laughs> exactly. Tip tip your bookseller. Well, I don't care. But, yeah, it's the thing. Is put, a, put a tip jar by their computer. I guarantee no one's putting money <laughs> yeah, in that. Exactly. Hey, can I swipe? Can I, can I, can I put a tip on, on my credit card slip for that yeah, it's, book? It's, that... No one would tip. I mean, what is it? Is, it is funny sometimes when the credit card slip comes out and there's a tip line for it. And you're just thinking, there's no way I'm tipping you for that. That wasn't a personal service you gave me. I'm not going to tip you for that. Come on, but the robot says it. <laughs> exactly. My robot oh, says the, uh, to tip me. Yeah, the uh, credit card machine said, oh, it has a line there. i got to fill in something. Right, so that, here's a tip. Why don't you give me a tip? And <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I do, everybody. Listen, he made the jerking uh, off hand motion, just I, just to be clear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that we're not. Usually it's usually my radio is televised. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, then after the after that job, I, I got a, like a linguistics related job at a technology company. Now explain what linguistics are to uh, other people. Like I <laughs> I know what me <laughs> to your <laughs> like, stupid audience. Like me, <laughs> John John Huck. Let me tell you what linguistics is. It's basically Please. just the study of languages. Like uh, when people are like, well, how do you get a job doing that? For me, uh, I the job was at this technology company where they had different. Uh, departments dedicated to, like, say, translation software. So, like, you want a computer to translate instead of having people have to do it, or, like, voice recognition technology, or, like, a question-answering thing, like, the ultimate goal to, like, categorize a bunch of information so that a computer can learn from how humans, you know... So you're basically helping build Skynet. I think that is what I did. Is that how how Gmail can tell that, like... very what similar. I, Same. Like, that's like, the technology. You're yeah. welcome for those ads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting Thanks. into our brains, man. One Thanks. Co- not like, an invasion of my privacy <laughs> at all. The uh, the company was. Uh, I mean, but we're not looking at it. It used to be just people looking at your email. Now it's just robots. So it's okay. robots okay. or know how weird you are. And <laughs> I, oh yes, they do. Absolutely. <laughs> the company that I worked at was actually. I think they start. They did start the internet. Like they had the first internet, which was called the ARPANET, like back in the 60s. Yeah, you don't need to tell me about that. Oh, no, no, I do. Absolutely. I actually. I do know. Uh, I used to oh. be a computer nerd myself, I'm and not. I do. It was, uh, yeah, it was that uh, all those uh, military things uh, came together. <laughs> military things. Yeah. yeah, they wanted to share information that led the groundwork for the internet that as how, we know it today. That and porn. Yeah. Is that and how Facebook was made? Yes. <laughs> Facebook. No. You got to watch the social network, John. Come on. Uh, yeah, so then uh, I definitely I, – I, it was owned by Verizon uh, also so for a little while. So some of the stuff I did was, like, listen to phone calls. You know, when they're like, hey, your your calls might be monitored. So we right. were, like, trying to help uh, figure out, like, ways of improving their oh, you know, okay. voice recognition technology. So we would, like, listen to calls from beginning to end and, like, hear people yell be like, operator, <laughs> eh, get billing, get, send me – ah, that. And they'd, like, be – Oh, man, it, that would be so awesome to have access to those tapes. I want. I don't know if there's a Freedom of uh, Information Act where I can request my tapes, but I feel like I've done some of my best work yelling at customer service people, and it's all gone to waste. But if they're recording these, oh, like they, they say, for their training purposes, they are. I would love to have access to them. Do you know what is even more so than people yelling at at the people is that they we it, it records you while you're on hold as well oh, so man. like while people are on hold they're just like you know they they think they're just swearing into the abyss <laughs> you know they're just like ah stupid you know, I don't yeah. know. now what uh do you ever have any like hilarious things caught on tape that someone obviously was there anything that stood out as far as oh my god I can't believe that guy said that like an you, assassination plot or anything just uh, like oh see. well I won't have to pay my Verizon bill after I murder the president all all these things are great that's definitely all the I had nothing like that sorry everybody that's cool man I noticed you're wearing a uh, fish T-shirt are you a fan of the band Fish you uh, you might notice that but I'm actually not, if you read uh, it even closer it's from a college that ripped off oh, the fish okay. logo yeah. it's from the uh, SUNY environmental science and forestry <laughs> school not suny syracuse uh, maybe it's suny it, it is suny also i was I'm, i don't make mistakes everybody look nope. no you don't even when i thought i did we're doing great uh yeah it's just uh it has the a fish rainbow looking like uh with the, their letters on it so i, I performed there earlier this year oh nice oh they gave you a free t-shirt they gave me yeah that's what they paid he's me like nope it cost me 25 bucks <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah. coming off the top man here's your paycheck and also we took out money for the t-shirt that we know you want <laughs> okay so you're at you're in boston you're 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 slowly getting into stand up. Did you feel like okay, here's a big break? Is there something that happened that really kind of? Because you've been on uh, you've been on Craig Ferguson, you've been on Comedy Central. Was there one moment or one gig that kind of uh, broke the dam open? I think it's this one. I think this show yeah. is really putting it over <laughs> the top. It's got a lot of leverage here. This uh, is it. But I mean, no, I mean that's sort of the I, for most people, I think, and my my I think my story. While I'm very happy with all the things that happened, everything for me did seem like happen very gradually. You know, like at first you're just trying to get together 15 minutes <laughs> to get somebody to book you for a paid gig. You know, and then you get some paid gigs. You're like, ah, I want to work at that place. I want to work at that place. And then eventually, you know, I, I think. The, the biggest thing that I was proud of, you know, before I had any, like, TV or anything was there was a, the main club in town, the big, like, uh, where they had, like, famous, you know, headliners from around the country come to the Comedy Connection. And so the, my first weekend, like, working there was pretty cool, like, getting to host for, it was, I think, Mike Birbiglia. Okay. Uh, and it was great. And so, like, they, I mean, because the bookers there, like, didn't like me initially. And then eventually they're like, oh, yeah, I think you can, we're good. You're going to do it. It's okay. You're good now. That's my Boston. <laughs> uh, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're good. good. You're good now. Uh and that was nice. That was nice. Like every, 
I definitely wasn't good when I started, so it was really Nobody nice to have is. people like you know throughout my life and just other like bookers, other comics, friends, college you know college friends, people eventually be like, hey, you're good now. It was like that was like the, you know eventually that I you know somewhere like five or six years in that uh, that you hit. hit that point and that yeah and then things started happening more like you know I, I entered like a bunch of contests and like you know did a lot of traveling to different places and. Uh, and then eventually got on, you know, Comedy Central was the first thing that was the big, you know, be like, hey, the, now you be on our TV show now. And I, was, I think, so that was like the the first major Sweet. thing. But, uh, and also I think I was already by that point, like working uh, that, as a professional, like at colleges mostly. I think that was the year before that I had like, quit my day job. Now, uh, your your CD, Vegan Mind Meld, I'm guessing you're a vegan. Uh, it's a good guess. I But it, you could have vegan in the name of your CD and not be a vegan. You could <laughs> right, be, it could I be hate vegan. Vegan yeah. puncher. Stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> vegan fruit smasher. Vegan jerks. Uh, yeah, I, I do not eat animals or the things that they do or make. Now, what's the reason behind that? Oh, because they're tortured uh, unnecessarily. Like, I would be fine. I'm, I'm totally, I think, ethical. Uh, it's totally ethical to, like, have a farm where you treat animals nicely. Uh, and, or like if you hunt and like, you know, like the Indians, like, ah, use every part of the Buffalo, you know, and, uh, we'd only kill what we want and what yeah. we need. And, but, uh, that's not what's happening today. And most, most, don't do it yeah, that way. <laughs> most of the places the meat comes from, uh, like harm the animals much more than need be, uh, whether it be for meat or dairy, uh, or chicken or eggs or, uh, which came first, the torture. And, um, so that's why, yeah, that's, I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, and that's why I don't do it. But, uh, no, but you guys, cool, but what do you, yeah. what do you, uh, no, I'm just trying to get in the mindset of a vegan. Like what? Um, now what? What made you empathize so much? You think with animals or care about animals' feelings in that sense? Well, it's because uh, number one, I think I am an animal, and I'm like I like other animals. Too. Like like we're all in this together. All okay. all us Earthling animals. You know what I mean? I, I actually don't really. I remember in high school, like I became a, a vegetarian in college, and I remember in high school thinking like maybe it's bad to kill things. Like I mean, it's just like I feel like. Well, let me get into the mindset of like, why do you think that killing is wrong? Okay, well let me try to address that. I think you know there's a lot of uh, historical precedent for it. Uh, go back to the Bible, the number one, which mm-hmm. I don't care about very much, but they, I think they got. You're that. an Old Testament fan. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a yeah, I'm a fan of the don't kill. Uh, you know, if you don't Some want. Some of the yeah. rules they have in there. Yeah, they seem okay. They seem okay. I think you know there's a lot of extra, a lot of a lot of you know red tape to get through, but. Uh, don't envy your neighbor's boat, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, who cares about, or their, you know, their, but you take their, take somebody's wife if they're not using her for right now. Um, but yeah, no, basically, I was, in high school, I was like, oh, maybe I should try to do that. And I was like, nah, they're delicious. So I think that's basically where most people are at for exactly, most yeah. of their life. Like, yeah, maybe it'd be better if I could do it without it, but nah, I'm not going to do it. And then in college, I just had the opportunity because there was just a lot more food and different types of food available that I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I just gave it a shot. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Uh, so it was more like a, you know, like organic, like just so you just gradual orga- accident. Okay, there you go. No, but in your mind, that's name my next CD, organic gradual accident. <laughs> and so in your mind, if uh, like a hunter goes out and hunts a deer, that's that's okay in your mind as far as compared to uh, you know eating a hamburger somewhere or something like that. I mean, if it's like a hamburger from McDonald's or like for most places where if it's come if the meat comes from like a huge factory farm, you know, where the animals are you know cramped up and pumped full of steroids or hormones or whatnot or whatever they're pumped full of and you know standing in their own waste and not able to like <laughs> see the the sunlight, you know, like they're you know they're they're living you know yeah, who needs sunlight though. And, uh, I think everybody gets the, there's some vitamins plants. that are required. Yeah, plants and and animals. Uh, yeah, no, I don't care about plants. Screw those guys. Uh, eat them. I, uh, I hate plants with a passion. Uh, <laughs> that's what started your. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why, I became vegan. that's why I got into why it. Why did you become a vegan? How because I... I hate plants, so I can murder plants. <laughs> that's actually literally one of my first songs was called "If You Don't Like Vegetables." That's that's all the more reason to eat them. Uh, if you don't like vegetables, what better way is there to treat them than to? There you go. You know, Take chop, them out. Chop them up with a knife, and then that rhymed with life, and it was great. It was great. Now, um, now what's your uh, what's your ultimate game plan for your career? Just uh, you being a stand-up comedian. I know you're out in Los Angeles now. What's the what would be like a dream gig? Uh, I mean, I I. Right now, I've already accomplished my initial goal, which was to be a working stand-up comedian. That was, like, literally, if I was, like, I didn't, not that I didn't care about getting on TV, but I was, like, I would like to just not have a job that's not comedy. I'd like to just have comedy be my job. And I hit that a couple years ago, and I was, like, all right, I did it. Now what is my goal to keep doing that, to not have to go back to another job? And, you know, if any slightly loftier goal of, you know, just having more people know who I am and 
specifically come out to see me. You yeah, know, like yeah, get yeah. a get a fan base for you know, so I can go to the cities that I want to and be like, Hey everybody who likes me in that city, come here. <laughs> come here, everybody. Come here. That's what I, put I want. You in yeah. a headlock. I just want come here power. Yeah. Get over here, you know, Scorpion style. Okay. Yeah, like the like the Mortal Kombat reference. You're welcome. I always like the uh, all the added uh, little uh, you know bonuses there in the uh, Mortal Kombat. You know, the fatality, the babality. Did you guys see that Duke Nukem came out? And I read a uh, like the latest Duke Nukem, and I read a review of it, and I've never I've never read a review of something that was just so negative. Like they couldn't have been more mean to this Duke Nukem game. Did they call it Duke Pukem? No, they didn't. But they uh, they, <laughs> they implied it. They implied it. Puke Nukem. At one point, the guy in the Duke Nukem review said something like, "At one point, I expected the game to stop and for the real game to start." Like he felt like it was a joke game the entire time he was playing it. How about Duke Rebukem? Is that Rebukem? Right? Yeah. I can see that. There's a lot. There's a lot of Duke Nukem parodies you could go with. Wasn't that didn't the first one of those games come out like? Ten years ago. Or yeah, no, it was. It's was basically in, the yeah. Chinese democracy of video games. Like yeah, it's been it's, on. It's been, waiting it's been on hold it. for a dozen years, <laughs> and no one's really gotten to it. And it's it's clear why it was a disaster. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Really oh. appreciate it. Where can uh, where can people check you out? Where are you gonna be? DukeNukem.com. And uh, <laughs> I made the video game guy stop bashing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that's why. I mean, I'm really surprised we didn't get to it till the very last second. Uh, now it's over. But my my website is MikeKaplan.com. Mike is spelled weird. I apologize. Oh. It's M Y Q. Unless you like it, then you're welcome. And so sorry, or you're welcome. And uh, M Y Q Kaplan.com. My CD is there. It's also on iTunes. And uh, if you don't want it in physical form, if you don't like touching things, then you can go on iTunes or Amazon. I'm sure that you have to touch the computer to get it. But maybe you don't. Maybe there's like exactly. you know, voice recognition a, stuff. A, a theremin style computer. You know what the theremin is? That's the instrument. You don't have to touch. It just operates via like electromagnetic waves. So it's pretty bad. If you, have a, if you have a theremin computer, you want to go on iTunes <laughs> and order it to just you know you don't want the sound waves to hear either. So I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know if you can hear it, but. Uh, yeah, so anywhere, anywhere, put my name in, you know, Facebook or yeah, YouTube Google it, or come iTunes. Up now, yeah. I'm sure you get this all the time, but where, why that spelling? Where did that come from? Uh, it was, I mean, that specific spelling, I, I just wanted it to be different when uh, Prince changed his name to a symbol when I was a kid. And I was like, hey, that's weird and cool. I'll do something weird. Also okay, so your no parents reason. didn't? They did not. Oh, okay. No. Now, is how your name they... Mike, though? It is Mike. Is, is it Mike. Michael? It is Michael. M-Y-Q-L. That's how I spell it. That's uh, not how I spell it, everybody. Sorry. Okay. It's hard to tell when I'm joking. It's all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but how do you spell Michael, or do you never write Michael? You just write I mean, no, for, like, legal documentation, yeah, like, Mike, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. And your parents, and you told your mom and dad, hey, I'm I'm calling myself Mike, M-Y-Q, and they're like, all right. Pretty. I mean, what were they No, I forbid you. Uh, <laughs> not under you this roof, R U F F. I'm not gonna. Uh, I can see my dad saying something like that. <laughs> it was like uh, you're not my son if you spell Sean S <laughs> H A U N. Uh, what is it? W or is it S E I N? Oh yeah, that's that's the silliest one. That's... Well, <laughs> silly. Ian. Silly coming from a guy, Mike. Hello. I can't believe you spell your name S E A N, weirdo. Yeah, M Y Q Kaplan, everybody. That's where I'm at. Uh. But no, I, I was at my summer camp. It was like that, you know, the artsy. I was like, oh, I'm a new person here. I'm like a social butterfly. I'm born. I'm like, and this is great. This name matches perfectly with my, like, you know, like new, weird, like uh, extroverted self. I'm like, hey, who cares if people don't like me? <laughs> now I found a couple people that don't care. All right. Well, there you go. It's a unique brand and a unique guy. Thank you very much for coming on the show. John, uh, where can people check you out? I'll be at the Improv in an hour. Okay. <laughs> Hurry, Hollywood Improv. There. Hurry, get Head there. over there. Check um, out John Huck. Yeah, and that's what I, I think I get. Okay, yeah, and you're on the Twitter. You're, you just yeah, oh, yeah, John follow me Huck. on Twitter at John, J-O-N underscore Huck, H-U-C-K. Oh, me too. I'm at that one also. He's, okay. yes. that, also that... follow Mike Kaplan at, <laughs> at John, J-O-N underscore H-U-C-K. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening <clears throat> to The Green Room. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to, subscri- to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. I love you. You should have seen she was really naive. Shit, she was still only 19. And he was many years older. But he's seen her walk by in them tight jeans And he looked at her like, that's my queen Cause he thought that he could mold her